This podcast was recorded on the Wajak land of the Noongar Nation. This land was stolen and never ceded. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians and elders past and present, and we acknowledge the power of truth-telling and voice in preserving the oldest living culture in the world. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Clea. And I'm Ava, and you're listening to the Bimbo Industrial Complex. Good afternoon. Ava. Oh shit! It's afternoon. How are you going? Pretty good. How are you? You look very. Summer is here. Summer is here at my house because there's no aircon. Yeah. There's no. Thermal insulation. It's hot. 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 You look very yoga queen. Yeah, I've been doing a yoga free trial, so. Well, it's not free, but, like, one of those, like, unlimited passes. Mm. And it's, like, being a yoga girl again, so fun. It really does feel good. Yeah. I'm like, mmm, pranayama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Breath control, aligning my chakras. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, I know. Like, I went to one, and it was the lady who was teaching the class like you know how you do sometimes you do a bit of an om moment it's like mm. she was fully like fire breath and like all these crazy breath patterns and yeah it was fun but i was like whoa and like whoa. chanting and everyone was getting so into it and you had to like hum as loud as you possibly could anyway i love it when they make you do that and they make you breathe out really loudly yeah. mm. it feels good anyway Oh, Christmas wrecks. Oh, yeah, we're going to do gift wrecks. Oh. What are you getting people this year? Well, they're all going to listen to this and find out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This year I'm doing gifts, like sentimental gifts, not purchase gifts. Mm. Um, some El Broco El- yet thoughtful gifts. You yes. know, like a little a poem. Or a nice picture of your people. I love that going to like an op shop and getting yeah. like a, a cheap picture frame and putting in like yeah. a cute little photo. And like sometimes the op shops have really nice like mugs and glasses and cute things like that. Yeah. They're good housewarming presents as well. I also like a good broke gift idea is to like get someone something like make them like something to make a recipe or something and put it just in like yeah, a cute op shop jar cute. and then like write out the recipe cutely yeah. like something you know they like or something like that yeah and books are always good mm-hmm. sometimes i'm like i'm gonna crochet everyone's christmas gifts but it takes too long it takes way too long yeah so we'll see um my friend one of my really good friends dads is like obsessed with pickles <laughs> and i went to the restore the other day to get him like some nice pickles Aww. and it was like de- first day of christmas restore it's like december the first and the vibes were so good i love that also my favorite cheap thing that i bought recently that i'm really just telling everyone about is my simon johnson tote bag oh yeah i'm obsessed with it it's nine dollars ninety it looks like a really expensive like sixty dollar tote bag and it's just like it has thick straps it's flat on the bottom so that you can like put food and it won't spill 
it has like a Velcro straps to hold a wine bottle, but obviously you can just use that for your emotional support water bottle. Um, and it has a pocket at the front for like your phone and keys and stuff. And it's just so good. Have you seen the ads for those underwear with the elf or the Santa and that, do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's hard to describe this in a audio capacity. So I'm about to just show you a photo, but it's like these, um, these boxer shorts and they're on Etsy and stuff. And there's a person like with their hand out mm. and, and then you put your face on the elf or the Santa or something. So it looks like you're cradling the, okay. the that part of the body. And, um, Last year, my cousin and I were looking at them because we thought they were so funny. And the caption on Etsy was like, great present for partner, husband, dad. Dad. Oh. Like, can you imagine getting your dad? Anyway, I like, there's, I really want to get them because I think it's funny, like to give to someone, but. Yeah. It's also so disturbing. And then I'm like worried if I like create that. That I'm somehow have been involved in criminal activity. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of you're part of the problem. It's like yeah. being a bystander. I think or something. I'll have to show you. Yeah, I'm excited. <sighs> that is so bad. Like, don't you think that you creating that would be illegal? Like, something about that is wrong. The fact that the original price is $70, I don't believe anyone's paid $70. But I want to get them for the laugh. It would be... No, it's too disturbing. These particular ones that we're looking at say, where's my treasure on them? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Imagine having to be the model for that, like... Yeah, imagine it's your face. (gasps) So funny. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe someone's getting them for me next year. <laughs> Maybe. If you're lucky. But we can't reveal it. Yeah. What about, what's your position on re-gifting? I know it's a very controversial topic. Fine. Mm-hmm. As long as the gift is so far removed from the person that you're re-gifting it to. It's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And as long as you do it thoughtfully, like, it's not just going to be like, oh, I got this, like, book that I don't want, so I'm just going to give it to the next person whose birthday Mm. it is. It's like, oh, this was given to me. I'm not going to use it. This other person could really enjoy it. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever re-gifted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, again, yeah, you have to do it removed, and you have to be like, would I still, like, buy something like this for the person? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I back regifting and I also back vouchers. Like I know people, I want cold hard cash. Yeah, like, yeah. I know some people do want cold hard cash, and I do really get that. But I think it can be nice if it's a voucher to a place that you know they really like. Like yeah. again, if it's a thoughtful voucher, a brunch voucher is so good. Yes. Yeah, especially if you live somewhere not where the person is, you can email them a voucher, mm. and it's like a really nice thoughtful present. I love yeah. doing that. Yeah, so good, and also like. Anyone with expired vouchers, legally vouchers now have to be valid for three years. So, like, oftentimes they'll be like, you know, this expires yeah. one year and then you forget about it. Most of the time they'll just, like, honour it for you anyway. But yeah. actually, legally, they have to honour it for three years. So, go get out your expired vouchers mm-hmm. and spend them. Yeah, you're, like, 50 mecha vouchers with, like, $2.50 on them. Yeah. You're like, what can I get for $3? <laughs> They're like, the door. That's true. Like, if you, also, if you're getting someone a voucher... 
get it for enough that they can actually buy something from the place because there's nothing worse than someone getting you like well there is there are things worse but like going into like a really expensive shop with like a $20 voucher and being like okay well I'm gonna now have to spend another like $150 yeah for sure I think there was a really good gift guide that I read the other day and one of them was like write about the person as if you were a romantic if they were romantic interest and the main character in the book had just saw them for the first time I will link this in the episode notes because it's a really good gift guide I can't do that though that would make me fall in love with the person what's so bad about that (laughs) what's so wrong with love (laughs) um and just as an addendum to the happy holidays rex christmas movie do you have a christmas movie netflix christmas movie that you're vibing with at the moment um I don't really like Netflix Christmas movies. I'm a bit of a purist. I don't mind a Hallmark Christmas movie because they're just bad in a more traditional way. Mm. I don't know why I like it. Um, but no, I'm a bit of a purist. I like just like... The classics. The Grinch, Love Actually, Elf, all that jazz. What about you? I love cheesy, romantic Netflix Christmas movies. Mm. Um, and there's a few like Christmas shows randomly that are good. Oh, there's yeah. like that Norwegian one. And what was the one that came out last year? Dash and Lily? Yeah. yeah. Is that kind of second season this year? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, Home for Christmas is a Swedish one that's really good. Or mm. Norwegian. Uh, but I just watched Love Hard. Oh, yeah, I watched that as well. Nina Which was Debrev good. With Nina Debrev. And I was like, what happened to Nina Debrev? But I think it's just she's not wearing eyeliner. They did her makeup really dirty. She looks weird. Yeah, she does. But, yeah. I, I thought it was a cute premise, but also, like, why did she have to be so upset that the guy... Like, the guy in it is so hot. Yeah. She's just upset because... Yeah. Anyway. So, happy holidays. Hugs to Um, Go see Licorice Pizza in cinema oh. on Boxing Day. Is it on Boxing Day that it comes out? Yeah. That's so fun. We should go see Scare at the 61st and then... Go see licorice, licorice pizza. They should really do it as a double feature. Yeah. So you like one scars you for life and then one mm. lips you. That's another good thing to do gift guide wise is to buy like an experience, which an is experience. a very tacky and like cliched thing, but it's so fun to like mm. have something on the calendar to go do yeah, something. Yeah, Luna membership. Yeah. A night at the Alex Hotel. A night at the Alex Hotel. Tickets mm. to the ballet. Mm. gifting is so fun you know when leslie nope is like gifting is an olympic sport it's i felt that so fun there's just nothing better than finding something and being like they're gonna love it Mm -hmm. or like they're gonna laugh really hard at it gifting is my love language yeah absolutely and like i hate receipt do not give me a gift Mm. but giving other people gifts so onto something completely different and potentially a little bit triggering and upsetting. So yeah. a content warning um, just for discussion of like body image, weight, weight loss, dieting, surgery. Yeah. And if that's not something you want to listen to, don't listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just a little heads up for that. So today we're going to be talking about bodies, body positivity, body neutrality, celebrities in the media diet culture um and mostly we're focusing on like the traditionally femme presenting body Mm. um 
because that tends to be the one that is most scrutinized in the public eye but we do acknowledge that other mask and non-binary bodies also there's a lot of things associated with body image there but um yeah maybe something we can get into later yeah so what is body positivity ava (laughs) i don't like body positivity um and that will become clear later but essentially body positivity began as like the fat acceptance movement or the fat rights movement because obviously like the way you move through the world with a particular type of body is very different to you know when it's the world's been designed for you Mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of like about being visible about being accepting and loving because so often we're taught that fat bodies are undesirable ugly Mm -hmm. offensive disgusting so to kind of just be like, okay, love it. Love, love my it. body, positive at any size. And obviously yeah. this spurred two consequences. Firstly, the, oh, but you're promoting obesity mm. argument, which, like, get a life. And secondly, that um, all of a sudden body positivity became very commercially viable mm-hmm. um, and co-opted by skinny women we've all seen those stupid fucking videos of the size six woman like bending over grotesquely to create like body rolls. rolls and it's like i sometimes when i've just eaten and haven't worked out and i'm really bloated i look like this and that's okay good for you sweetie good for you um like social media is not real life but it's like you're also an influencer <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we see a lot of, like, yeah, plus-size modelling industry. A lot of people in that industry talk about the fact that, like, there's a certain look that you need to have. And, like, mm. plus-size is, like, above-size, what, 12? I think. 14? Well, I think in Australia it's technically, like, size 16 and above. Right. But a lot of people who are plus-size models also aren't plus-size. Yeah. Like, if you're just, like, bigger than a size 10 and you're pr- you're pretty, they think you're traditionally attractive, they'll be like, oh. You can be a plus, plus size, size model, model. but yeah. like you're not plus size. Yeah. Which is like a really weird skew, especially in America. Pretty sure average size in America is size eight, which is Australian 12. Yeah. Or even a size 10, I think. Size 10, yeah. which is Australian 14. Mm. And um, that's like, yeah. Just not represented Not represented. At all. Yeah. Not the, um, like it's two sides of the extreme, but yeah. Yeah. And I think that kind of manifests in, like, the kind of social media body positivity movement as well. Like, so much of the content we see is just from, like, people who actually are, you know, mm. thin or, like, straight size, which there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But then it's kind of a bit – sometimes it just doesn't feel very relatable. Like, we hear a lot – I remember reading an article recently about, like, Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale talking about, like – you know, her having some, like, eating disorder issues or, like, Lisa Kudrow and friends mm. talking about how, you know, she felt so much bigger than, like, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. And while that's, you know, like, really valid and obviously relatable for some people, we really don't hear that much from people mm. in bigger bodies and what it's like to actually, yeah. like, exist in the real world as opposed to this Hollywood bubble where, yes, like, being mm. a size 8 might be considered big and you would get criticism but it just like it doesn't feel like a real issue yeah exactly and it's like a lot of the times the voices of like people who are in that community 
the fat acceptance community and mm. the movement and things like that are like marginalized at the behest of a more palatable mm. and conventionally commercially attractive way to give that message yeah because it's like if we like radically accepted fat bodies and the same way that we do like thin bodies mm. what would they sell us you know but like there would just be no industries left yeah i guess you could still do like plastic surgery to make your features more like traditionally white you know they'd be able to sell us that still probably yeah but yeah also if like fat ever stopped being a pejorative term like simply never simply no it's not gonna happen no um did you want to talk about this oh yeah i was just as we were saying like it is women's bodies that are often the most like scrutinized discussed we've all probably like people our age have all grown up seeing those fucking like new idea us weekly magazines every week the cover is just like Lindsay lohan drops 10 kilos demi lovato gains 15 kilos like all the time um but it is like also important to talk about like men's body image and also non-binary people because we do have very few examples of men in bigger bodies in the public eye. So, like, we don't have that many examples of women, but we have, yeah. you know, like, Lizzo, Ashley Graham. Like, you mm. could probably name five off the top of your head. Yeah. Whereas, like, a, like, plus size, even though it, that term's not really used for men, but, like, a plus size man, I couldn't think of, like, a single... Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, they're all, like, com- comedic yeah. people. Like, yeah, they're, like their body is the butt of the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like there is this kind of, you know, being attracted to the dad bod phenomenon kind yeah. of thing. But the more I was kind of thinking about people I thought of who had dad bods, it was literally just like men who like were considered the beauty ideal, just kind of like aging and like gaining mm. a little bit of weight. It's not like people who are actually kind of, you know, like, predisposed to being larger or have have been bigger their whole life it's just like hot men gaining a little bit of weight yeah yeah and I also just think we haven't really like gotten to the same stage with sensitivity towards like men's body image Mm. that we have with women like I can't remember which Avengers movie it was either Age of Ultron or Endgame but they had so many jokes about Thor being fat like it was like half his fucking storyline and that would just be such an unacceptable thing to say about a woman today. Yeah. But, like, I didn't even really, like, hear anything about it. Like, I was so shocked when I watched the movie that no one had, like, even mentioned it. Yeah. It's weird. And, like, society has progressed past the need for a fat suit. It's just... Like, what does it achieve? It's just not funny. It's not funny. What's the what's the sitcom where the... Oh, the character was fat when they were a kid. Friends. And Monica. Monica in the fat suit. And she's wearing that fugly... Not fugly because it's fat, but, like, just grotesquely... Uh, yeah. Like... Comical. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then like... they also use that to kind of, like, make fun of, like, some of Monica's, like, you know, kind of disordered eating behaviours yeah. later. It's just... Crazy. Just wouldn't fly today. No. Although there have been some weird shows, like... Where the main character is like wearing the fat suit. That one with they're... Debbie Ryan as yeah. well, where she gets like her mouth wide shut and then becomes skinny and where like do I goes on a killing spree. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Just weird. Like, yeah, we'll get more into like 
fat um, actors and those mm. sorts of things in Hollywood yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. I also just think in terms of body positivity, like it kind of sounds so nice and easy on social media, but it can be really hard to put it into practice in everyday life, especially with other people. Like if someone says to me like, oh my God, like my thighs have so much cellulite, my instinct is to be like, oh my God, no, you don't. Like I'm not, I don't, it doesn't seem like a nice thing to do. It still seems like an insult to be like, yeah, you do have cellulite, but that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, who are you trying to prove that to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, controversial question. Mm. Is skinny privilege real? I don't think this is controversial. I think it is. Do you... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I get that there is two sides. Like, people who are quite thin receive a lot of criticism and commentary on their body. Mm. However... It's not the same. It's just not the same. It's just like, I understand that, you know, the individual level kind of like teasing and shaming is bad, but it's much more systemic when it comes to Mm. fatness. Like if you are bigger, people, you know, feel automatically like they know things about you Mm -hmm. or they're entitled to have an opinion about Mm -hmm. you. Um, You know, like it's... You actually can't win. It's weird that like your looks are associated with being like, lazy like people Mm. consider at that kind of thing and lots of studies have shown that people who are considered obese are bullied discriminated against in the job market like so pay less because they're kind of perceived as being lazy and also receive lower quality medical care like that's something i definitely have even experienced like yeah getting diagnosed with pcos and the doctor's like oh just lose weight yeah it's so easy like depressed simply just lose some weight yeah and i'm like okay but (laughs) What if I was no, like go a for size a eight coming in here? Like, what what would you say? Yeah. They'd be like, there's no treatment, sorry. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard because um, both sides of that coin, like, experience, mm. you know. But I also think that the there's a lot of dysmorphia around, like, thinness and... Yeah. You know, it's like no one wants to be like Madison Beer, like, you don't know how hard it is to be the beauty standard. Like, mm. you know, people want to be oppressed. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, not to invalidate, like, you know, it's not nice to be told to go eat a burger or that your body's disgusting or whatever. But yeah. It do be different. Yeah. Also, our favourite skinny privilege kind of discussion discourses, is it a fit or is she just skinny? Yeah. Tiny tiny Jewish girl, I'm looking at you. Oh. She do mainly be skinny. Like, <laughs> like low-rise jeans, like, that's not a fit. That's just... My problem with low-rise jeans is that they make your stomach the accessory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just think, like, you know, if you're a really skinny person, every item of clothing is made for you so you have no excuse to dress badly like what is this yeah it's interesting isn't it like because i think we're taught to view like larger bodies as like offensive Mm. whereas like thinner bodies are like desirable to look at and so you can put the same piece of clothing and like it looks good on both sizes but like yeah yeah 
and it just like in general was so much harder to find like stylish affordable clothing yeah that is in bigger sizes yeah like i was in scanlon theater the other day no. please don't defame me um but i <laughs> hypothetically hypothetically if one were to be in scanlon theater um so i went into like trying to dress um in your I'll, dream sequence Yes, in my dream sequence. <laughs> and I asked, them, oh, do you guys have this in a size 12? And they're like, no, it's like adjustable kind of like, it's kind of adjustable or like more loose fitting. So it only goes up to a size 10. And that was kind of like throughout the shop, anything that was kind of like had like slight elastics mm. or like ties, that anything that could have been kind of like expanded to fit someone bigger only went up to a size 10. So like, it, it fit me, but it wouldn't fit someone bigger than me. Yeah. And so, like, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's going beyond, like, oh, we only stock up to a size 12. It's like, no, we don't want anyone who's bigger than these specific measurements yeah, to be seen to be wearing our clothes. clothes. And it's like, I dare one Australian designer, like, to make clothes above size 12. There's some really cool independent, funky, yeah. you know, younger designers, but, like, the big brands like Scanlon, Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Man and Cartel. Simply, I dare one of them. Yeah, I could never. Or a, a rental dress rental company to stock above a size ten. Oh my gosh! Yeah, ridiculous. Because I think the argument that you get is like, oh well, it takes more fabric and more work to design. Like, yes, like five five centimeters. Yeah, and it's just that is not where the cost of clothes comes from. Oh, it does not, not come from the fabric. Most of the time, you guys are using like polyester so don't give me that like it's not mulberry silk it's not french vintage lace like it's viscose yeah and just like expand your mind and you'll expand your market like yeah yeah simply not the vibe but i think also last kind of thing that's interesting to to discuss about skinny privilege is like can you have skinny privilege if you don't feel skinny because Mm. i think with a lot of different types of privilege like white privilege you know you kind of it's pretty easy to be aware if you're white or white passing you know you don't you can kind of like see that but it's kind of hard to accept I think for a lot of people that you can have skinny privilege or a degree of it even if you don't feel skinny like I definitely would not say that I'm skinny but I know that I have a degree of privilege yeah for sure. Because I can go into most shops and find something that will fit me, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think there are certain people who have, like, quite thin bodies and maybe we're in a industry or an environment where mm-hmm. they're taught that that's not, um, you know, that their body's not what it's supposed to be and then yeah. that has flow-on effects. But, like, I don't think you can deny the fact that, like, thin people can walk down the street, walk into any shop, walk into any doctor's office mm-hmm. and be treated better than someone who's fat simply by virtue of the shape of their body. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. That's also something to really think about, like, because I know, yeah, everyone has their own kind of, like, thoughts about body image and their mm. own dysmorphia, but it's kind of like you have to kind of step back and think about like how you're perceived more generally. It's the same idea as having like pretty privilege. It's kind of, sometimes it can be hard to like, and no one wants to concede that they have pretty or thin privilege, you know, because we're so scared of being like arrogant. Yeah, exactly. But interestingly, actually I need to find the statistics or the research that backs this up, but I'm pretty sure that the most reported dysphoric body part, 
is the nose. Wow. So you would think that like body dysmorphia is like, sorry, I said dysphoric, but I meant dysmorphic. Uh, but dys, dysmorphia would be like the body or mm. the weight or something like that. But it's actually the nose. That's really Which is interesting, interesting because they will just say, go and get a nose job. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and then I found these two contrasting studies. They're in Science Direct. So like make of that what you will. Uh, but the first one was like uh, looking at people being exposed to body positivity on social media um, and how they like responded to that and mm. found that overall um, most people who had BOPO, body positive content, shown to them had higher levels of body satisfaction. But it's a small study. But then I found this other really interesting one that was like, analysis of the different types of posts using the body positivity hashtag Mm. and whilst there was differentiation between the size or the shape of the body that a lot of them still uh, at least somewhat embodied culturally based beauty ideals so that was 78.8 percent of the images that they surveyed so for example um, they talk about clear skin shiny hair white teeth uh, small waist um, those sorts of things. So, yeah, really interesting. And then, um, yeah, the they talk about how, like, skin blemishes, body hair, cellulite were really w- rare. Yeah. Even in those images, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you're given permission to have one, like, quote-unquote undesirable mm-hmm. trait and still be beautiful, but that's Yeah. Cool. It's even, like, a lot of curve models have, like, completely flat stomachs yeah. or you know, perfect hourglass-shaped bodies, which is mm. not to criticise their body. It's just like, you know. I don't think there's any such thing as a normal body. Yeah, But exactly. there's just like such extreme aesthetic manipulation mm-hmm. that we see. Yeah. And I think a good like quotation that I found that kind of caps off why we kind of have a bit of an issue with body positivity mm-hmm. is that body positivity implies that self-love is the answer and not the systemic mm-hmm issues that plague fat people every day so it's kind of again just being like if you just love your body everything will be okay and it's like actually it won't because you still have to fight against all these kind of like deeply ingrained ideals Mm. yeah so it's all capitalism baby it's all capitalism cue body neutrality of it. What I'm, is body neutrality? I'm not an optimist, so I really add back body neutrality. Mm-hmm. So it's basically exactly what it sounds like. So it's the idea that you are not inherently defined by the shape of your body. You like your body is just a vessel for your mm. being, and that you should only like really conceptualize your body in terms of what it can do. So yeah. instead of being like I love my thighs, even though they have cellulite. I love my cellulite, even. It's so beautiful. It's just like, instead of just being like, I love my legs because I can run and jump and dance. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. I think a really good, like, example or way to understand this is those things that are like, oh, girls have, you know, little bellies because that's your organ, so it's okay. It's like to be a little bit fat there. It's like, what if they were just your organs and that's fine? Or what if... That weren't even your organs. That was just fat. Yeah. Like, okay. What about it? What about it? And it's weird that it's such like a, a radical concept to just be like, our bodies are just there for function, not there for form. But yeah, for sure. 
Um, and that's like almost like a radically anti-capitalist idea because it's mm. like, what do you, like, I don't need to change it because it's, it functions, it works. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really like interesting in terms of thinking about like the health implications because so much of like, you know, the way that people are diagnosed with things and stuff is through things like BMI, which are still kind of like based on appearance and not actually based on like what is happening Mm. internally. So it kind of almost calls for a very radical reconsideration of how we like conceptualize health as well. Like it's when you can't just look at from an outside perspective and like assume Mm. someone's state of health, it kind of, you have to kind of reconsider like, okay, what is my body meant to actually just like feel like inside yeah. rather than what is it meant to look like? BMI is fucked. Like, grr. like grr. it's based on like the white able-bodied model. So like, it's not a good indicator no. of anything. Raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Wii Sports. Oh yeah. <laughs> when they make your me like fat. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> And then they tell you that you have, like, the body of, like, a 60-year-old man. Yeah. Do your steps. <laughs> I need to find that TikTok. It's, like, me hopping on the Wii Fit at age nine after being told I was obese. And it's that, like, that sound that's, like, doom, 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 doom. But then I was, like, trying to see some different opinions about body neutrality because I'm very pro. I'm body neutrality. You're pro-neutral. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I just, like... I'm so over it. Like, I'm so over it. But I read this article that was like, okay, it's nice to be like, okay, my body's... This is the quote. My body's appearance isn't and shouldn't be the most important aspect of my being, but I also can't deny how my body looks has always affected my thoughts, feelings, personality, sexuality, etc., etc. Which I think is a good point to make because it's like easy for people who fit into this particular realm to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, the different... Um, I was going to say scales, probably not the right word. Yeah. The different, like, you know, iterations of that, like, yeah. I just think, like, body neutrality is really refreshing. Yeah. Because, like, why do I have to love this part of my body or hate this part of my body? Like, it simply exists. It simply exists, yeah. Yeah. I just, we're living on a floating rock. Why does it matter? Yeah. Floating rock, yeah. But I guess in the same way that, like, you know, individual people loving their bodies isn't going to change the system. Same thing. Like, yeah. body neutrality isn't actually going to, like, radically alter the institutional obsession with mm. self-image. But, you know, it's if it makes you feel better. <laughs> if it makes you feel better. If it makes you feel good. Um, so the consequences, I guess, of the, like, body positivity industrial complex, the body industrial complex, the body horrors of social media, obviously, the infamous BBL BBL. effect, um, what is a BBL for the uninitiated, Claire? Um, a BBL is a Brazilian butt lift, and it's a surgical procedure that a lot of celebrities are speculated to have had one, um, most notably like Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is you first have liposuction to remove fat usually from like your stomach area and like your waist to give you like the quote unquote snatched waist. Yeah. And then that fat gets injected into usually your glutes and your thighs to then give you like 
basically a big R so that you have an hourglass shape. And so, yeah, it's really speculated that Kim Kardashian had this because um, do you remember that episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where, where she, she gets got an the X-ray, X-ray and it shows that there's no implants? Yeah. But um, obviously, like, if you have your own fat injected back in, it doesn't show up as an implant. Um, but, yeah, so obviously it's called the Brazilian butt lift because it originated in Brazil, but it's mostly popular in the US now. Yeah. But what can happen to you when you have a BBL, Emma? Um, fat embolism. Mm-mm. Fat embolism. It's fat so scary. Embolism, which is essentially where a piece of your own fat, content warning, piece of your own <laughs> fat dislodges and goes in your blood, clogs your artery, and kills you. And or gives you a stroke. Yeah. It's actually like. I can't. Not super uncommon. So BBLs have the highest mortality rate of any cosmetic surgery. And that includes like, you know, even cosmetic surgeries like skin, skin grafts and stuff that are used to actually treat serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, like BBLs are totally elective. And it also has like a very long recovery time because mm-hmm. like you can't sit down. You have to wear a fupa. Yeah. Like it's actually... It's crazy it's just a level of like you have to really be like fully looked after for like weeks afterwards yeah um and lots of like um cosmetic surgery tourism is associated around mm. bbls because you go somewhere like where they have cheap cheaper or better quality mm. surgery like in south korea um and you can hire like a translator to take you to the surgery and to look after you and to book your hotels and things like that mm. yeah uh, when I was looking up BBLs, I found a really interesting article about how BBLs and plastic surgery in general in Brazil have origins in eugenics. So mm. plastic surgery is a really big industry there. And basically like a lot of its kind of origins were in trying to almost like not breed out, but alter out like black and indigenous features. So most of the plastic surgeries mm. that were offered there were to like um, get rid of things like quote unquote the negroid nose or like the indigenous like eye shape. So mm. it's a very kind of like problematic history as well yeah. that isn't just to do with just like having fat or thin bodies, but it's also about having those kind of quote unquote racial characteristics. Yeah, and like things like body characteristics that would be considered like negative or undesirable on one body all of a sudden on a white body is yeah. like hot and like bbl effect and like you know exactly yeah so it's weird exactly to have like get the bbl to have you know like this hourglass shape with like a big booty that is normally associated with like black and latinx bodies but then also you're getting like, you know, you're getting like an eye lift mm. to, or like a rhinoplasty mm. to look less like those cultures. So it's really, it's just that Instagram face or Instagram body phenomenon where everyone is just like slowly just trying to look exactly the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I also saw a good article that kind of theorize that maybe plastic surgery can be viewed as like an alternative to kind of the extreme ways 
that women in particular, also men, but like were expected to alter their bodies with clothing in the yeah, past, so, like sure. corsets and crinolines and that kind of thing. Mm. But that's also kind of like a scary thought because like body types go through trends the same way that clothes go through trends. Like you had the 90s was the era of the like... The wave. The wave. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Thank you, Kate Moss. So true. Um, and, you know, now you have kind of exactly the kind of BBL hourglass body type. Um, but it just, it seems so drastic to do something to permanently alter your body when the trend is probably going to change. Mm. It's like almost, I think I heard this on NymphVet alumni, like trying to prove that your body looks like that under the clothes like all yeah. the clothes that we see now have like big cutouts and things like that like it's like trying to prove that you look the same underneath your clothes yeah you can't like hide in your shapewear mm-hmm. but it's interesting that like skims has become so popular when like spanks were like really embarrassing like, yeah to be wearing yeah a few years ago so i guess now we just have a list of like celebs who have been through the body image washing machine mm-hmm. um like traditionally like perceived to be larger celebrities Lizzo, Adele, Rebel Wilson mm-hmm. um when they did lose weight or like Lizzo went on a juice cleanse or something like that and everybody just attacked them yeah. as like you actually can't win no. like you're overweight you're not healthy blah 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 you lose the weight you've betrayed you know this kind of community and things and it's like you simply can't win because part of being in the public eye is having your body policed and controlled 24 7 mm. yeah and i thought it was really interesting with lizzo as well when she like did this juice cleanse whatever i know the science behind them is really sketchy but she explicitly said like she's like i'm not trying to lose weight yeah i just want to like you know like flush out my toxins whatever i think you know scientifically that's yeah. not really the best but if it makes you feel better she's like i'm not trying to lose weight i'm trying to feel better within my body yeah it's so strange to be so attached for that yeah especially when people are like usually celebrate lizzo for her mm. veganism and things like that like it's yeah. really like what does she owe you an explanation uh no and then like like compare um celebrities like Jonah Hill Seth Rogen who have had like more subtle body like not subtle but like their body transformations haven't garnered as much attention as Mm. the media or like for um people like Jonah Hill it's like Jonah Hill becomes healthy and more freeing whereas like Adele and Rebel Wilson was like hot sexy Rebel Wilson shows off her new body in a bikini yeah yeah didn't we already do this like didn't we already have to so you guys for being awful about women's bodies the worst yeah yeah it's just very interesting and i also think as you've written here for women the transformation tends to take shape in becoming skinty Mm -hmm. wave like um whereas for men it's usually yeah them like bulking up like chris pratt i remember like you know post parks and rec when he did Mm. guardians of the galaxy it was all just about him bulking up. And I think I've written here that it's interesting. It's not really that surprising, though, that the ideal male body is one that's, like, mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. And the ideal female body is one that's weak. Or, I mean, you're not necessarily weak if you're skinny. But, like, a female body without visible muscle tone yeah. is the more desirable one. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk. Should we, should we, should we invite Bella Hadid? 
invite Bella Hadid to the party. The Hadid family, though. Should we call Bella Hadid? I do feel pretty bad for both Gigi and mm. Bella. Because imagine having a... Well, Yolanda Hadid, for those of you who don't know, just from the presentation that we see of her in the media, mm. like, is like, oh, you're hungry? Have a, have a little nibble of an almond. She was like, have a couple almonds. Gigi was like, called her on the phone. This is when I think she was like 16 or 17. Um, it was in Real Housewives, by the way. That's why it was on TV. Um, and she was like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And Yolanda goes, have a couple of almonds. Don't have too many. Or like, there's a scene where, um, like there's just so many, like Gigi, it's Gigi's birthday. Mm. And her mum says she's only allowed to have a tiny slice of her birthday cake. Bella's not allowed to play volleyball because she'll get man shoulders. Like, yeah. And it's like her perpetuating the body image. Like, because obviously, like, the point in time where we're at right now has, like, a lot more radical acceptance of different types of bodies and those mm. sorts of things. So it's, like, her basically... Like, I don't think it's fair to completely vilify Yolanda who did because she's obviously sick. Like, yeah. So, yeah, but it's interesting how, like, that remains such a, like, prevalent thing in those families. But, yeah, Belle Hadid was, like, guasha. Guasha. Basically, you know, whenever there's... Again, I don't think it's right to always be speculating about who's had what plastic surgery Mm. done. But Bella Hadid claims that kind of her facial transformation was due to facial massage and using a gua sha. What's a gua sha? A gua sha is like this... this, A rock, basically. Yeah, like a crystal or a rock they use to like massage and tone. It's like lymphatic drainage, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's... I mean, maybe it's possible, but it's just so extremely unlikely. Um, if you remember Skinny Me Tea, you're entitled to financial compensation. You absolutely are. I just... The absolute chokehold that I had over Tumblr, it was everywhere. Even Asina O'Neill was drinking Skinny Me Tea. It was just such a thing. It was literally laxatives, by the way. Yeah, and that's... Where we can bring in our lovely Kardashians, mm-hmm. um, especially Khloe Kardashian. Mm. So I was reading an interview with her recently um, that was basically she was talking about how she didn't realize that she would be considered fat until Keeping Up with the Kardashians started and she was like in the public eye because, I mean, obviously she's like relatively thin. Mm. And so, like, in real life, she was just like, considered this super hot woman and then when she got thrust into the media spotlight then she realized that she was just considered like so ugly which I think is really interesting but I also think like at the point we're at today we're so saturated with media content you could never live in that kind of like blissfully ignorant state it's interesting because so many people want to criticize the Kardashians having fake bodies and Mm. attack people for wearing you know too much makeup or whatever and it's like they're literally just conforming to the beauty standards that you set and created yeah because the minute that one of them would go on keeping up without makeup or looking a little bit you know not within that Mm. perfect idealized body shape you would slam them there's so much and there would just be so much speculation Mm. like being like oh my god are they okay very rarely do people get plastic surgery because it's like a positive affirmation you know, like yeah. it's a response to yeah, like the un- yet another unrealistic beauty standard for women. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you were the only person on earth, would you feel the need to no to change yourself? Yeah, yeah. But you know, the Kardashians are not 
obviously completely innocent and they yeah they do that kind of similar to Bella Hadid thing like Chloe especially is always promoting like laxative teas and stuff which I, I just don't think she drinks them I think I do actually think you know she just works out and you know eats really really super healthily I don't think laxatives are what helps her to maintain her physique it's like all those victoria's secret videos where they're like oh i have like a burger and like a green juice and then like it comes out that they were on speed but it's like people are so fascinated with like these bodies because they're like Mm. for the everyday person unattainable it's their full-time job to look like that so obviously they have a nutritionist and a personal trainer and a blah 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 and a hoolabot and a surgeon and a stylist yeah yeah and i think it's good to actually like hear about those kinds of things from people like even Adele was like this is what I was doing before now I work out three times a day and so it's just like I I really do find it I obviously celebrities are under no obligation to be so upfront but I think it's like interesting to actually hear about because otherwise you it can just make you feel really bad about yourself Mm. and the flip side of this like what you've got here Mm. which I thought was really interesting point Oh, yeah, just the fact that we never see stories about celebrities with eating disorders gaining weight to become more healthy, even though, mm. like, we know that it's so prevalent in the modelling industry and just entertaining entertainment in general. Um, you never see, like, oh, my God, she looks so great now that she's less skinny. Like, even though you'll see those, like, scary skinny articles, yeah. you'll never see any kind of praise. Nicole Richie eats one pepita a week. It's just, yeah, that's a lot. And I think, you know, everything is kind of, like, moving in the right direction in terms of, like, the way that, you know, as teenagers, we all used to watch the Victoria's Secret fashion show and just be like, ah, never eating again. And, like, feel really bad about ourselves. Whereas now you have, like, I feel like Rihanna's Savage X Fenty has kind of overtaken that. Yeah. Um, and Although that's not what that diversity. is, controversy. Exactly. That's the thing. We're still not at this perfect stage. Like, we're still just obsessed with bodies. It's still capital, baby. It's all capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Unfortunately, it all comes back to capitalism. It all does. And the more we just, we just need to kind of, like, emotionally dissociate from our earthly forms a little bit. Yeah. Let's astral project out of the body and then and then we'll take it from there yeah we'll take it from there uh low stakes hot take um my low stakes hot take is that overhead lighting should be abolished agree i hate it soft lighting mood lighting soft lighting mood lighting all the time like i just love like a little lamp something ambient the only thing that overhead lighting is good for is to like do your makeup in really harsh fluorescence and like you look really bad and then you turn it off and you're like, oh my God, I am so beautiful. Mm. That's all that it should be for. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You're not better than me, people who don't drink coffee. (laughs) Yeah. What do you get off on? Like people who don't drink coffee have a worse complex than people who drink coffee. Absolutely. Because like... Very rarely do people who drink coffee actually like, oh, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. But people who don't drink coffee love to tell you. They love to tell you. 
And I feel like... Because you don't really drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, but that's because I know that once I start, I'll just get addicted to it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm trying to just put it off for as long as possible. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm not your typical... Oh my God, I don't, don't drink, drink coffee. coffee. Yeah. Which is like, if you don't drink coffee, good for you. Yeah. But who do you think you are? Yeah. You think you're better than me because you're not addicted to an addictive substance? <laughs> Grow up. Try again next time. Yeah. I bet you do coke. I was about to say. Yeah. People were like, oh my god. If you're not addicted to coffee, what are you addicted to? Exactly. Imagine not having an addictive personality. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. What's your addiction? (sighs) Good question. I think I just go through phases of being really addicted to different things. Mm. Like... I'll just, you know, you go through your really strong phase. Like, you know, when you just, I have every year for a few weeks, I'll just have a toast phase where like, <gasps> I just, toast phase. I have to eat toast like twice a day mm-hmm. and then I'm like sick of it. Fruit toast phase. You ever have one of those? Yeah. I'm not such a sweet kind of mm. girl. I'm more, I'm more salty, like anything salty. I just yeah. love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, obviously I'm mildly addicted to alcohol as every Australian is. Um, I'm addicted to my Vicks vape stick. Oh, yeah. So good. Actually, that's a good Christmas present idea. If anyone's listening, you don't know what to get me for Christmas, you can get me a Vixie. A Vixie Stixie. Her supply. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any final thoughts, sign offs? Um, no, I have no thoughts. I feel like I have a lot to say about this and it felt good to get it all out. Yeah, it's cathartic, isn't it? Mm, so cool. And we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So, for sure. <laughs>